Welcome back to the Reading and Writing Podcast. My guest today is Amy Rivers, author of the novel Complicit. Amy, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Sure. Well, if someone hasn't yet heard about your novel Complicit, how would you describe the novel? Complicit is basically the story of Kate Medina. She's a woman whose career as a forensic psychologist has been cut short by a violent attack that sends her running back to her childhood home. Um, like so many of us might, you know, under those circumstances. Unfortunately, her home life is also full of tragedy and trauma, starting with the death of her mother. Um, she's estranged from her sister, and now her father is actually sick. And she's also working as a high school psychologist, and one of her students is murdered. So Kate is basically juggling the drama in her home life and also the dangers that lurk as she helps to uncover this organization that's preying on teenage girls in her hometown. Well, do you remember the original idea or impetus that led you to write Complicit? I basically grew up in a small town, and I love writing about small towns because I think that they're, people often think of small towns as very safe. And I tend to think that there are a lot of dangers lurking there that we sometimes either overlook or we actually sometimes condone in a way or become complicit to because we want to believe that a small town is going to be a very safe place to be. So the idea for this book really started with that. What happens if, you know, all of the people in the town or, you know, many of the people who we would trust, who would be sort of the pillars of our community, what if those people are actually corrupt? What if they are perpetrating these horrible crimes? And the whole town, you know, maybe not everybody knows about it, but there's enough turning the other way, you know, that it's been going on for a long time. Well, you mentioned forensic psychology earlier. How much research did you do as you were preparing to write the novel? I did a fair amount. Um, I worked as the director for a sexual assault nurse examiners program for a long time. So I knew a lot about forensic nursing and I studied forensic science in my master's degree. And so um, in terms of the psychology piece, you know, I really did a fair amount of work on what it would look like to actually be a psychologist in a prison setting, you know, what that would mean in terms of not only treating patients, but also what would your other responsibilities be? Because anybody who's a forensic, anything is going to be interacting with the criminal justice system in some way. So in Kate's case, you know, she's going to have to testify in court. She's going to have to, you know, be that expert uh, to talk about the mental condition of the patients that she's seeing in this case when she was working in a prison. Well. What was your writing journey that led you to writing your first novel? I never really thought that I would end up writing novels. Um, most of my writing that I had done before I wrote my first novel was mostly academic or really business-related. Um, everything was very technical. And it wasn't really until I moved to Colorado that I started considering what it would be like to sit down and just write for fun or, you know, for the actual joy that I've always liked to write. But that was never really part of my career path. And when I moved to Colorado, I was looking for jobs in, um, you know, in the realm of victim advocacy and, and victim services, because that's where I had been working. And I started writing a story about some of the nurses that I wrote or that I worked with in Alamogordo, New Mexico, which is where I was from. And I wrote the story and I submitted it to an anthology and it was accepted. 
And during that time, I had also started working on a novel, which I had zero confidence that I would be able to finish. But I did. And I realized that I really enjoyed writing about women's lives, about their careers, about how they juggled life and work and all of the roles that society sort of expects. Um, So that's really where I got my start. And then crime fiction is sort of what I like to read. And so at first I wrote mostly just stories about women's lives. And then that evolved into finally taking the plunge into writing more suspense, thriller sorts of things. And so what was your writing process when you were working on Complicit? Did you sit down and outline the novel extensively before you began writing it? Or did you just kind of dive into the narrative? How did that work for you? When I start writing any book, I always start with characters in mind. So I had a pretty good idea of who Kate and Roman were going to be, who Tilly was going to be when I started writing the book. I don't really outline. I have a general sense of where I want things to go. And then I try to let the characters sort of push the narrative organically so that I'm not trying to push them into holes that they don't necessarily fit into or, you know, trying to make them behave in a way that's not, that doesn't feel natural or authentic for them. So um, sometimes that means that the first couple rounds of writing are just brute force, getting it out on the paper. And then a lot of what I do happens in revision. And so are you working on a new novel now? I am. I'm actually working on book number two in this series. Um, I knew that I was going to want to write an entire series when it came to this story, at least three books, because it's a lot to try and entangle this kind of crime, especially when it is um, being perpetrated by people who are in positions to be able to uh, protect themselves and defend themselves, and also when it's been going on for a long time. So I knew I didn't want I didn't want to present this idea that something this intricate could be unraveled in the course of one book. And so I have at least three that are planned. I'm working on number two right now, which will come out in the summer of 2022. Um, And then I don't know where we'll go from there because I really am liking Kate and I think she may end up showing up in other books. Well, what writing advice would you offer for those who are working on their own stories or novels? My best advice, really, and and what I tell everybody, regardless of whether they're at, where they're at in their career, is just to keep writing because there are so many people out there who want to write books, but they don't. And and I was absolutely one of those people for a long time. You know, I would start something and never finish it. And you absolutely cannot become a published author without finishing the book that you're working on. So keep writing, keep at it, you know, try and understand who you are and what your voice is and what you're trying to tell people. Take classes so you can learn more about craft, but really at the end of the day, just make sure that you're actually doing the writing and you're finishing your projects. And I'm curious, did you join any writers groups along the way or work with other writers? I did. Um, When I moved up here right at the very beginning, I'm living in Boulder, sort of north of Denver, and (laughs) I was looking for different groups in this area. And I stumbled across the Northern Colorado Writers, which, um, you know, at the time was definitely not one of the more well-known of the writing organizations. And they had a small conference and I planned to go and I met my writing, my first set of writing partners and critique partners there. I learned so much and I loved the people and the environment so much that 
that really became the center of my writing world. I would take classes and attend events and always attend the conference, which was my favorite. I went to other Colorado conferences as well, but Northern Colorado Writers was always really the center of my writing world. And um, it, it was pretty wonderful because it was small, a small enough organization that was intimate. I really got to know everybody. Um, you know, there's, you really feel like you belong there. America, we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu. And how does that work with you in terms of your critique partners? Do you do you still have a group of critique partners and do you read each other's work? I have evolved, you know, over time. I think we all kind of do. My first critique group was a lot of different writers writing in different genres. And so over the years, I've moved a little bit away from that and gone more towards critique partners who write in my genre because it makes it easier for them to spot places where I have uh, you know, fumbled around or where I haven't managed to actually get the suspense just right and the tension just right. So I've had a variety of critique partners and the original writing group that I was with, I'm still very close to. So a lot of those guys still do beta read for me. That's great. Well, what novels or nonfiction books have you read recently that you enjoyed? I am a voracious reader, so I read <laughs> so much and all the time, and I read in a variety of genres, although I do tend to really devour as many crime fiction novels as I can. So anything that comes out, the second it comes out by Karen Slaughter and Lisa Gardner, they're my two not only favorite psychological thriller writers, but also they're two women that I really try to model myself after in terms of the message that I'm trying to put forth and how I conduct my career, really. Um, I really admire the way that they address some really difficult issues, including trafficking and sexual assaults and those sorts of things, and still, you know, provide authenticity about that and also entertainment at the same time. That's sort of what I'm trying to do here. So um, I, what else have I read? I read anything that comes out by John Sanford. I love Jeffrey Deaver, his, um, his, forensic detail in his books is like reading a textbook. Sometimes it's so meaty and there's so much good detail there. Um, but I also really enjoy reading things that are nonfiction that have to do with how the the brain processes trauma. That's an area specifically that I'm interested in. And so right now I'm working my way through um, The Body Keeps the Score, which is, I think, a pretty brilliant book about just trauma and how it impacts people's lives. That's great. Well, where can people find you online if they want to learn more about you and your novels? I have a website, which is uh, www.amyrivers.com. And I'm on social media, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. I now have a TikTok channel where I'm just absolutely ridiculous. But, <laughs> um, you know, I'm definitely not one of the 20-something TikTokers. So my kids tell me that is so cringe, mom. And I'm like, well, you know, I think at this age I am supposed to be cringe. So it's okay. <laughs> and, and what do you do in your TikTok? Do you talk about books or writing or, or just life in general? 
all of it. Um, I talk about whatever is interesting to me at the time. So it's super, super random, but I do talk about what's going on in my writing journey right now. I'm trying to unravel the mysteries of how the Amazon algorithm works. So that's my current, my current, uh, experiment that i'm working on my tiktok good channel luck with that yeah i was gonna say it's 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 hard <laughs> and and what is your tiktok channel if, in case someone is listening and is it's curious amy rivers writes is my handle so great well again we've been speaking with amy rivers author of the crime novel complicit the novel is on sale now so go buy a copy and amy thanks for doing this interview thank you so much for having me i really appreciate it Great. Now, stay tuned for a brief excerpt from the audiobook of Complicit by Amy Rivers, narrated by L.W. Salinas, available wherever audiobooks are sold. What brings you here? Kate asked as she put her purse in her desk drawer and logged into her computer. Her attempt to strike a casual tone missed the mark. She kept her eyes locked on her screen so she wouldn't have to look at him. I wanted to talk with you about Gabby Green. Kate stopped what she was doing. She shifted in her chair, finally lifting her eyes to his. I already told you guys I had very little contact with Gabby. Alamogordo PD had interviewed each staff member at the school after Gabby's disappearance, as well as many of the students. Gabby wasn't one of the students I worked with, and I've never even seen her outside of school, so I'm not sure what kind of help you think I might be able to give. Roman looked tense and tired. We found Gabby's body this morning. Kate gasped, feeling the bile rise in her throat. <gasps> Where? At the creek, about a quarter mile upstream from the falls. He paused. Kate didn't push for more details. She wasn't sure she wanted to know, but she had a feeling he was going to tell her, so she relished the moments of silence. Once again, the past was knocking at her door. Kate held up her hand for him to stop, but Roman continued. She was raped. Repeatedly. Brutally. The cause of death was asphyxiation, but she was beaten before she died. Oh, God, no, Kate said, hugging her arms tight around her middle, trying to separate herself from the news she was hearing. Between her own memories, Roman standing in her office, and the image forming of Gabby Green's face, bruised and beaten, Kate felt anxiety swelling within her. Does her family know? We notified them this morning. He paused. Listen, I know you can't tell me anything the students say in here, but something about this homicide was familiar. It may be gang-related. Have you heard anything that would indicate that? Kate hesitated. She had nothing to share with Roman, and she didn't want to give him the impression that she was a willing source of information. But she did want to help. She'd spoken to quite a few students about Gabby's disappearance, and had to be very careful about the fine line she was walking. It was always precarious, trying to shield these young people without the usual aid of patient privilege. She also knew why he'd come to talk to her, in particular. This wasn't the first body found in the creek. I'm sorry, Roman. 
I haven't heard anything that would be useful to you. She watched his face fall. She knew that expression well. But I would encourage students to reach out to law enforcement if they ever did tell me something that I thought you ought to know. And of course, if I suspected any student might harm themselves or someone else, I have a duty to report it. Fine. I'll speak with Pete, he said rather gruffly, making his way to his feet. Kate felt his disappointment like a heavy cape draped around her shoulders, the weight of which she'd grown accustomed to. She bit her tongue as she watched him close the door behind him. Kate sat back in her chair, taking deep breaths and pushing aside any feelings her interaction with Roman had stirred. She would help Pete plan the school's official response. When the news became public, it would cause a lot of confusion and anger in the student population. And for the rest of the town, it was sure to dredge up bad memories. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. This country was built on a distinctly American work ethic. But today, work is in trouble. We've outsourced most of our manufacturing to other countries. And with that, we sent away good jobs and diminished our capability to make things. American Giant is a clothing company that's pushing back against this tide. They make a variety of high-quality clothing and activewear, like sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more. All made right here in the USA, from growing the cotton to adding the final touches. So when you buy American Giant, you create jobs for seamsters, cutters, and factory workers in towns and cities across the United States. And it's about more than an income. Jobs bring pride, purpose. They stitch people together. If all that sounds good to you, visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with promo code STAPLE20.